0: Get the customer service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Welcome to the Jill on Money Show. It's Tuesday, December 12th, and we are here trying to help you make better financial decisions. Not the best. Better's fine. I could do with better. Better is better. And sometimes that just means that you have to focus on the issue at hand. Sometimes that might mean that the year end, that that ticking time bomb of the calendar, gives you a little oomph. Uh, I remember we interviewed Dan Pink when he wrote that book, When. And he did say that, like, the the year end and the idea around resolutions and all that, it may seem kind of dopey, but it kind of works also. Anything that gets you to move, to act, And that's part of what Mark and I love to do is to help you take some action that can improve your financial life. So if you need some assistance, you need a little nudge, you need a pat on the back, you need a boost up, just give us a holler. Go to jillonmoney.com, click the contact us button and let us know if you would be willing to come on the air. And of course, when you are on that website, you must, must sign up for the free weekly newsletter. I bet by the time this airs, Mark, that we have reached our milestone. I know we're close right now as we record. I'm sure we're within striking distance. So remember the, what is on the table here. If we get to my milestone, which I'm not saying, because I don't want you guys to think I'm moving the goalpost, but it is a number that I had put down for Mark as a goal a long time ago about what I wanted our newsletter subscription to be. But I don't want it to stop there, obviously. If we reach that before the calendar year end, Mark is going to get an extra $1,000 bonus. And he does all the work, so why not? And um, I would be so happy if you were to sign up for that free weekly newsletter. comes out every single Friday. Also, exciting news here in Jill on Money Land is that we are going to be doing some videos. And we are doing videos with our friends at the compound. So if you want to watch a gorgeous interview of me, And Mark, with one of you, our loyal listeners, you can subscribe to Jill on Money. It's a separate playlist powered by The Compound. So you search under The Compound, right, Mark? Yeah, you go to The Compound's main YouTube page, and then you'll see a a section that says playlist, and that's where you'll find The Jill on Money playlist. So check it out and subscribe to it and tell us what you think. And if you want to join us for video, it is fun. It's it's a little bit different, right, Mark? It's like feels a little bit different. First of all, I love being back in the studio, but it is different. Really looking at somebody and talking to them. It's it, you know, I sometimes think it's distracting, but then I also can see someone's face and really decide whether or not they're going to listen to us. <laughs> I enjoyed it. It was uh, it was a completely different experience for me because usually, you know, I'm like behind the board and answering phones and making sure we're hitting all the breaks and this, that, and yellow thing. This time I kind of just got to sit there and chat with you. It's kind of fun. You are a real co-host in that. So um, it's Jill and Mark. And Mark, don't forget, you got to put your bio up for the website among the other million things you're doing. So we got to make sure we get that done. Okay. Let's do some emails today because if you're shy and you don't want to do video and you don't want to be doing audio, then we will answer your emails from time to time and we get tons and tons of them. We so appreciate it. Just go to JillOnMoney.com, click the Contact Us button. And this is from Joel who writes about his elder care. And he said, I am a 42-year-old single dad. I don't want to rely on my daughter as my elder care option. How do I financially plan for my own elder care so I know I'm taken care of and I don't disrupt my daughter's livelihood? At this time, I don't know if I would want in-home care or retirement home. I'd like to plan for both. You know, first of all, you're a little young to be thinking about this, 42 years old, and this is the reason you have children. So they take care of you. That's my understanding as someone who has no children. I look, like, I, I'm joking, but it's, it's good to think about it. But a lot of this does depend on how much money you have and how much you're going to accumulate and what the sources of income will be during your retirement. You know, the easiest answer to this is simply that we would encourage you to start looking at long-term care options. But, you know, as a single person, um, you know, I don't know if you're going to want to spend the money doing that rather than saving for retirement. So I will encourage you to check out some long-term care options, but really get back in touch with us. I'd love to know a little bit more about you, Joel, so that we can help you make better choices. I do think it's a bit premature to be thinking about this. Okay. Okay. Next, let's take a note. This is from Luna. Subject, Jill's conservative outlook on the 4% Trinity study. Okay. Can Jill explain more fully why she is even more conservative than the 4% rule for withdrawals, which came out of a detailed study saying it is, in fact, a safe percentage based on market history? I understand that you need a cash bucket in case the market is down some years. I don't understand why Jill thinks this is too risky. No one needs to die wealthy. I use new retirement to project my withdrawals in retirement, which is the best way to actually budget cash flow. I'd love to hear why the rule of thumb is consistently viewed with skepticism by Jill. Well, because the 4% rule was developed when financial markets were producing very high returns and they looked backwards at different times. And I'm not comfortable with it. If you're comfortable with it, that's fine with me. That's great. But in my experience, in the real world of watching people and how they manage their financial lives, when the market is down, they usually don't have enough cash and they do freak out and they do bail out. And essentially, I I am not convinced that the 4% number is actually the right number for every single person. You want to use it as a guideline? Go crazy. But I think that in the real evidence on the ground, when I talk to actual financial planners, is 4% is too much. I don't know. It, a lot of people say that, you know, the 4% rule, it's it's great if you do this. But, you know, I just, I'm telling you that on the ground, when you look at this, so many people that I know who manage money for a living, manage people who are actually, you know, have real on the ground experience, right? That, this is actually a problem that the 4% rule is one where people will live and they say, oh, of course, and I understand that when on a year when the markets are down, I'm going to have to spend some of my money, but they they get freaked out. Now, okay, well, let's, let's be clear that, you know, I know that this is an entrenched piece of, of research and I know that we are also in a period of time that's a little bit different, but heck, I will tell you this. You say nobody needs to die wealthy. I would say nobody needs to be panicky at age 82 because the rule's not working as well as they thought. That's how I feel about it. I I don't know. Again, I'm more conservative. You want to do it? You do it. Okay. Here we go. This is from Karen who says, hi, Jill and Mark. I want to say I so enjoy your podcast. I've learned so much from them. Thank you. My husband and I retired two years ago. He's 62 and I'm 60. We still work part-time and are mostly able to cover our expenses between his pension and our income. Nice. I have an IRA that I manage on my own and I have been able to achieve about 7% growth over this last year. That's awesome. My husband has a financial planner that's only been able to grow his account (laughs) less than 2% over the same period after he takes his 1% fee. My IRA is with Vanguard. I think I'm ready to manage his as well. I'm not sure what his diversification should be. I was in the Life Strategy Moderate Growth Fund. I changed to a target retirement income six months ago with my IRA. What are your thoughts on investing his IRA into one mutual fund or exchange traded fund or a mix? Thank you. I'll continue to listen and learn. Look, I think if you are feeling comfortable with this, that's great. But let's be sure that your husband did not give the financial advisor a different mantra as to how he should be managing the money rather than the way you're managing it. In other words, are we sure that your husband said, you know, oh, I want this to be a conservative growth or I want this to be a 50-50 balance. I mean, if your husband said, I want this to be very, very, very low risk and the, the results are that he got low risk, but also low return, then that's different. I don't want to throw the advisor under the bus because, again, let's just double check and find out what did your husband actually say to this person. And maybe you, you can do it and maybe that's the greatest thing in the world. Okay, this last note, this is from Anonymous Anonymous, who's got a very big group of people who are his siblings and her siblings. Okay, Anonymous says, by the way, no one knows your situation. Uh, Anonymous lives uh, along the East Coast is 54 years old, wife is 55. And he says, I'm gonna have a small pension at the age of 65, about $7,000, no COLA. I guess he means a year. My wife will have one when she retires, 36,000 with COLA. I like hers better. We will have to pay for health care, but we'll be able to stay on her estate plan. Good. We don't think anyone will rely on us financially in the future. We've got two girls. Uh, they're in the process of launching we might need to help them. Okay. Here's what they got. I can just look at these numbers very quickly and be like, they're fine. Okay. Retirement savings. You ready, Mark? Uh, 1.3 million in a taxable brokerage account. 1.1 million in 401k IRAs, traditional. 600 Roth, 100,000 HSA. And very kindly, uh, Anonymous totals that up. 3.1 million. House paid off, no debts, cars paid off, no credit card debt, 200 grand in money in brokerage account, cash CDs. So here's the thing. We've been diligent savers and we have a big brokerage account because I invested in a company um, and the stock's taken off like a rocket. It's gone up so much over the last five years. I've sold some now. It's 8% of our total net worth. It's not so bad, 8%. He's got broadly diversified markets, 80 stocks, 10 bonds, 10 cash equivalents. We don't have a budget. I don't think you need it. I uh, don't have a great idea of what we spend a year. We spend more than we used to. <laughs> we still watch our expenses at the same time. All right. He, he thinks it's 100 grand, 8,500 a month. Let's say it's 10 grand. Let's say it's 120 grand a month. Right, so look, he wants to spend 12,500. Okay. My wife is going to retire in four years. She'll have 30 years in her job. I'm burned out. I want to retire in less than a year. Wait a minute. He's only 54. Salaries are $73,000 each. How much do you feel we should put into our retirement accounts each year and in which type of account? Some years we've spent down our brokerage account to allow us to max out our 401ks and Roths. I know many couples with our net worth recommend to go all Roth, but aren't high earners. With our large brokerage accounts, somewhat low marginal rate, we're in the middle, 22% marginal bracket. Okay. You can do whatever you want. You're fine. And, you know, over the next 10 years, what I would do if you're both going to be, she's going to retire when, let's just see when she's, he said, she's going to retire in four years. So why don't you get, why don't you stop doing, stop your whining. I'm totally kidding. You can stop. Why don't you pull some money out of your retirement account and live on that? And why don't you, in your first year that you're retired, figure out really what your spend is going to be? Because I don't think you're going from eight, I I mean, you're really going to spend 50 grand a year to travel. I don't know. That seems like a lot to me. I think you should run the numbers at 10 grand a month from right now. And I think you're going to be fine. You have a lot of money, but I do think you should try to get some of that money out of that pre-tax account over the next 10 years, because that's going to be a really smart way for you to start to limit your liability in the future. Mark, do you feel comfortable with 3.1, man? Very envious. Are you? No, not really. I don't care. I know. You're never envious. Come on now. I never, ever, ever get caught up. I I know some people obsess over what other people have. I never do that. I know. I think that's why we can do this job and like do this podcast because we don't, you know, you have to have like be almost like agnostic around wealth. You know, I don't judge it for the better or for the worse. And by the way, for all of you people who think you're so smart, like I know half of us all got where we work for a lot of luck. Yes, there was a lot of hard work, but there's also a lot of luck. So, uh, you know, I was lucky. I was born into a family where my parents had a few bucks. Uh, not, blo- you know, billionaires, sadly, because, you know, that would have been better. But, um, you know, I had an advantage. And there are people who are, have advantages of like, hey, you know what? Like, I have friends of mine from college. I graduated in 1987. You know what their first job, like I have a friend, her first job was like, you know, we're going to drive a van out to California. And then a whole bunch of people got a job at Oracle, at this little tiny company, you know, and they grew. And so some of this is truly around fortune and you know, with the stars aligning. I think it's really good for us to to get to a place where, like, we have to have a balance. Yes, you could have a terrible diagnosis tomorrow, but you can also live till you're 95. And so there has to be some balance in the way we approach these conversations, right? So remember, we are here for, for you. Just go to jillonmoney.com, click the Contact Us button, subscribe to our new service, Jill on Money Live. Mark already had his closing, so now it's like we have to help him pay for his... uh I don't know what, painting or whatever else you're going to do. So that's it. That's the program. Thank you so much for listening. Please, if you wouldn't mind, subscribe to us on the Odyssey app or wherever you listen to this podcast and leave us a rating and review. Do something nice for someone else today. Change your work, change your wealth, change your life. Thank you for listening and we'll talk to you tomorrow.